You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hello, systematic geekologists. Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology, another episode of What's New. I am so happy to be with you. I am Will Rose, one of your hosts here on Systematic Ecology, and um, it's been a while. Um, this is my first time in the recording chair for our podcast uh, after a, a month or so of Christmas break and New Year's break. So Happy New Year, everybody. Glad to be a part of a What's New episode and, and glad to be with you. And I use that phrase, uh, geekologists, um, you know, almost like a bad dad joke, but I think that's kind of what we do. Like we geek out on things and like archaeologists uh, excavate and examine uh, stuff that's under the surface. Um, and that's what we do here at Systematic Geekology. We uh, geek out on things and then we go uh, deeper and we go underneath the surface to see what themes and questions from a philosophical, theological point of view, um, what comes to the surface and then help us go deeper and what it means to be human and what it means to be a person of faith. So that's that's what we're doing. We are all geekologists. And uh, the, today's episode, we're going to uh, mainly focus on the season of A Bad Batch and season two, and then move into what we're looking forward to in uh, the new year. I didn't get a chance to really kind of share all those things I'm really excited about and stoked about for the new year. So towards the end, we'll, we'll go through that. Um, and, and I'm really excited to, I'm on a single issue single episode with Josh of the Josh I, which I'll have to say, I do like this phrase that we're, we're lifting up. I don't know if Joe coined the phrase, but Josh I is, is pretty cool. Like the plural of Josh. And this I believe is Josh. I is Josh Knowles baby. Like that, that is the, that is his favorite phrase. I think. I, I, and I do like it. And so we have Josh not to be confused with Joshua, Josh, and excited to be on this episode with you, man. What do you, what have you been geeking out on lately? So over Christmas, uh, I managed to get uh, get get to go on a nice trip to BAM, and that is a terrible thing. Do you know <laughs> Do you know what BAM is? When I just say BAM, I have no idea. So BAM uh, used to stand for Books a Million. I think the brand name is just now banned, but it's it's basically a Barnes and Noble, but even more focusing on geek culture side of things. Oh wow, I do remember Books a Million, but I didn't know that was the acronym that stood for it. Yeah. So going going to BAM. As as someone who has who's so geeky and has so many different things they like is a terrifying prospect for my wallet, uh, and you know managing to spend under a hundred dollars we call that pretty good. But I <laughs> I managed while there I ran into a copy of To Sleep in a Sea of Stars, Ooh. which and I finally got to pick that up. So To Sleep in a Sea of Stars is uh, Christopher Paolini's sci-fi novel. Ooh. So Christopher Paolini, for those of you who don't know, is the guy who wrote The Inheritance Cycle, the books that start with Aragon. Mm. One of my favorite authors, one of my favorite series, and I'm very excited to see how he does with sci-fi. That's that's pretty rad. Yeah, I'm um, I'm a big sci-fi fan, and, and I'm reading a sci-fi book. Um, I'll probably mispronounce the title and the author. I don't have it right in front of me, but reading it to, in preparation for the interview with the author on the Whole Church podcast. And I'm really geeking out. I'm about a third of the way into it. It's about AI, uh, particular artificial intelligence, having a religious experience um, and what that means and, and how people react to that. So um, pretty pretty excited and sci-fi man i've done well it's just man there's nothing like it it's just so it takes you into another world and then helps helps you examine things you wouldn't normally examine in in your lives in any other way so what a, what a great tool and means of storytelling and, and going deeper so what's the book 
And what's the author? Oh, man, I don't have it right in front of me, and I'm going to mispronounce all of it if I didn't have it in front of me. So maybe the we're recording an episode uh, pretty soon about Jack Kirby, and so I'll definitely share it there. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Andrew Gilsmith is is the author. And then, um, yeah, I've connected with the dude on on Twitter, and uh, knowing that we're going to um, have a conversation on Whole Church, and um, he's a Catholic author of deep Catholic faith, and he's tying that in with AI, and he's a fan of Tolkien and those kinds of things. So I'm, um, you can you can tell it, it's brought out in the book. So and a couple other things I'm geeking out. I'll I'll share that I got the, I I went ahead and bit the bullet and and now have a subscription to the Marvel Unlimited app. I was kind of borrowing somebody's. Um, sub there for a while and I just bit the bullet and got it myself to explore back issues and man I'm just having so much fun looking at um all kinds of runs by particular authors and creators and artists and and it's all there at your fingertips I like to collect the floppies too and I have my weekly pull list uh, at the comic shop and I support my local comic shop but but able to go back and and not have to dig out of my short and long boxes my old uncanny x-men but just go back and look at what was going on there is, is pretty fun so pretty excited um, about well, let's hop into the episode. Let's talk about what's new. And today, as we say, we're going to talk about uh, the Bad Batch. I'm a, everybody knows I'm a big Star Wars fan, big Star Wars geek, and man, there is just a plethora of options and tones of what um, Disney and Marvel and Star Wars is putting out there with their Star Wars content. And this is one of the things that um, people are really looking forward to because there's a big fandom. And uh, a lot of fans of the Clone Wars, since they're building off the Clone Wars and and the Clone Troopers, and they're having their own kind of the Bad Batch, which is basically um, a, a team up of these clones that were mutated on purpose or not on purpose, and they have different personalities. And uh, season one walked through kind of their breakaway from like the Empire and going on the run. They're on they're they're wanted by the law, and so they're having to figure out what's going on. Um, Josh, well, what, it's, what it, it's them going through the beginning of uh, the beginning of the Empire. They they start out as Republic clones, and then Order sixty six happens. Yeah, and they they have to deal with the fallout and everybody they know just suddenly going. I mean, effectively crazy as far as they're concerned. Yeah, and that's the irony is that they're the mutated ones. They're the ostracized ones. They're the weirds, the freaks, and the geeks that are there. The abnormal ones uh, there on Camino uh, with their mutations and not really fitting in. But now they ever they've broken away, and the other ones are the ones who have kind of turned heel, and they're the trying to figure out what their place in this world beyond just being clone troopers. And uh, are they just going to be for themselves doing these heists of the weeks or are they going to be stand for something larger and, and for the greater good of, of the universe. And um, so Josh, your history with, you know, you're big, you're a big Star Wars fan, Clone Wars fan, Ahsoka, all that. And now you have the Bad Batch. What did you think of, of season one of, of Bad Batch? That's all. Oh, I liked it. I mean, with the exception of actual actual Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated series, it might be my favorite like Star Wars like piece of media. Nice. Rebels gives us a run for its money. I'm very much more into the, the animated Star Wars. I'll, cool. I'll agree into that. But that's you know that's what I grew up on is Star Wars and Clone Wars, and went man, this Star Wars stuff is cool. And then, then I went back and watched the movies and went, yeah, those are pretty good. <laughs> I want my Clone Wars. 
Yeah. And and I love it. The Star Wars has so much out there that, yeah, what's your entry point into the universe? Mine are, are definitely the movies. I love the the live action. I love, I like it. They're doing streaming episodic TV shows, live action. They've been great. I've, I've liked them, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm hungering and yeah. longing for a big blockbuster movie. I'm like, come on, I'm ready. When is that happening there? They don't know what they want to do just yet, but I realized that the animated series and the Clone Wars and Rebels and all those have a big fan base and rightfully so and so bad batch is is building off that and i thought season one was was really good um you know it's not like the super in-depth continuity uh a jedi under every rock uh kind of kind of tv show they're just kind of going along with these characters they they um created and and one a, a big part of of season one so you have like these these clones so here here are the names i, I may be reviewing and saying stuff you already know but you have hunter wrecker tech echo and then crosshair and season one crosshair decided that he's just going to stick with what he was programmed to do and that's be a part of uh the empire so they're he's kind of on a, a different side than the rest of the the bad batch but then you have this clone no, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Okay, yeah. I do want to hit on that point. So we were talking earlier about how like they stood out from the rest of the clones and they went on and did their own thing and stood up against the Empire. It's it's really is their their weirdness, their brokenness that actually saved them from Order 66. Mm. Because they're all the ones that had uh, non-functioning inhibitor chips. Right. The thing that had was in every clone that made them instantly go Order 66 mode. But the only one of them who had who had a still somewhat functioning uh, inhibitor chip is crosshair and that's yep. why he ends up going back to the empire yeah and, and they tease a little bit i can't remember at the end of season one they they kind of tease that maybe he his inhibitor chip wasn't working or maybe it is working maybe it's his own conscious choice to stick with the empire or not or maybe he's still like programmed that way we we still don't quite know they te they've teased a little bit of that but he's definitely the the one that's hanging out there of what's going to happen. Is he going to become good? Is he going to stay bad? Is he going to take somebody out? Is there going to be a death or not? Um, yeah. Uh, he, he's the one out of this group that, that is the um, even, even more. Well, we don't know what's going to happen to him just yet. <laughs> um, again, with, with the show, they, they introduced a, a new character, a new clone. Um, you know, they had success with, with Ahsoka, um, kind of a younger female voice, uh, who people thought were annoying at first, but then grew into our own, and then becomes a, a Jedi or on Jedi. Ooh, is that a train? Oh, you can hear the train. I hate. Uh, That's okay. That yeah, okay. We'll let Josh. I'm, I'll I'll just mute for a bit. Okay. While you you finish that train of thought, and hopefully the train will leave. Okay, sounds good. Um, yeah, so um, we have a new character in the Star Wars universe, one we didn't know about in season one called Omega, and uh, another clone, um, and, and similar to, to Boba, Boba Fett, uh, was separated from the rest of the clones. And this particular clone is, is female. It's a young kid. It's, uh, she is on her own journey. She is a sister of the clones, sister of the, of the Bad Batch. But something about her that separates her different is that she is female. Um, and, and I think... You know, it is the Filoni-verse, it's the Animator-verse. They had success with Ahsoka. You know, of course, there were the um, critics at the beginning that Ahsoka was too bratty, too young, too much of a kid and very annoying, but grew into her own and matured in character development along the way. Uh, Omega is very similar. Um, you know, very uh, fish out of water, hasn't been out in the real world. We're watching and learning the Star Wars universe through her eyes um, as she's experienced the larger world around her. Um, but we don't know her ultimate destiny. Um, where is she going to fall? 
you know, is she force sensitive? Is she not? Is she just going to be like another Boba Fett that hangs out there? Is she going to be a part of the clones? We haven't seen her in any other property in terms of Rebels or the legacy movies and those kinds of things. So, so that's kind of a mystery. Where, how, where is her character going to go? How is she going to develop? We already see here in the beginning of season two her growing, uh, what they want for her in terms of uh, touring her and her growing to be her own person. But but yeah, we have a, a new character in Star Wars. They've lifted up and and I feel like it's going to be pretty important later on. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts? What was your impressions of Omega from the very beginning and then where she is now? Yeah, I mean, I, I very much liked Omega coming even from the start. Um, she They definitely took their lessons to heart with Ahsoka. They learned not to make her really really bratty at first which yep i'll I'll grant see the first few seasons that that's quite true of ahsoka but it gives her a character arc so i I don't hate it in the end Mm -hmm. um but they they learn to just make her a bit more i don't know i guess less bratty we'll just say it that way yeah she's not snips part two right (laughs) right she's her own character which is another good thing yep um I mean, interesting, interesting notes of her. She, like, as you said, she's um, a female clone of Django Fett, as all like the all the clones are based on Django Fett. But, but she, uh, with with the exception of Boba Fett, is the closest to Django Fett. Right. Um, she's a, a perfect copy of him, except that she's female. And then I think she got a few enhancements later on. Yeah. Yeah. And. And yeah, in in this series, there's this transition. How do you move from clone troopers to human stormtroopers? And there's that tension on on the line. There's they're starting to uh, share and reveal and unveil how how that transition happened and the tension on the line between using clones and real humans. Or I mean, clones are real humans too, but like not clones, but but human stormtroopers, volunteer service, a different kind of army uh, around the empire. And 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 I think that's kind of this this second season, and, and there will be more seasons after this. Where where does it go in terms of just just the clones and then and then moving to stormtroopers themselves? See, I think what they're doing is I think they're going to take that kind of um, it's always been nebulous. What's really happened in there, like where that transition happened and how it happened. I think they're going to, you know, really explain it in this. And I think where they're going to go is that uh, Clone Force 99, the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. are going to somehow take or at least the majority of the clones that are left in the Empire that are working that are now stormtroopers. They're going to find a way to uh unbrainwash them for lack of better words mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't really know how but that that's my, that's my prediction of where, of where the show is going we'll see if i'm right but <laughs> yeah there's a moment at the end of the second episode of of season two that we'll get into a little bit where they 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 lean into that a little bit more um you know i've heard other uh you know podcasters and people that i really admire you know talk about this stuff talk about it'd be kind of neat if there was a clone trooper civil war rebellion kind of thing and and maybe they get wiped out maybe that's another like atrocity of that of the empire of wiping out all these clones um in a different kind of way and there's just a few hanging out there uh by the time you get to um you know andor and and uh rebels and um um you know the the original uh, movie, but but I think I think yeah I think man it's just so much to play there. There's gaps in these stories that you're allowed to go into uh, and share a different kind of story and lift up other characters. It's a large, large, huge universe, and for them to expand on so many things is is great. And I I'll confess I'm a sucker for the team the team ups and the team books and um, 
when I, my my first my favorite comic uh, that I grew up on was was the Uncanny X Men. These different you know, mutants that had different abilities that came together as a team. And then you have the Justice League and you have Avengers and uh, man, heck, I'm a, I'm a child of the eighties. I watched this TV show called the A team where the, there's these military um, for, for you guys out there. If you have like YouTube or old school Peacock NBC app and you look up a team, man, they had a van and they had different like misfits all fit into one van with different, you had the muscle man, Mr. T uh, you had the leader, you had a tech guy, you had another kind of suave guy who, was like the ladies man and they all work together to do the adventure of the week and solve a crime and you move on to the next one and that's kind of what's happened here with with uh with the bad batch i'm just a sucker for these teams and i use this analogy within uh, in the kind of ministry settings and friend groups like none of us are the same we all have different gifts paul talked about having different gifts and i pull my church council together I, we go around the room and, and share what they do in their vocations and what their favorite movies and TV um, and stories are, and, and everybody's different. And so how can we use our different gifts to come together for a greater good? And, and so these team up books, I think the Bad Batch kind of falls in line with that. We have all these different kind of different personalities and gifts that can come together and use them all for um, the adventure of the week and to solve a problem and uh, with knowing that there's a bigger problem ahead that they have to tackle. Yeah, I very much like that format of things as well. The, the classic archetypes of, uh, it, I mean, it almost feels to me, because given my interest, it feels kind of like a D&D &D party. You know, you have all your different roles that need to get filled and mm -hmm. everybody who's who's better at certain ones and you work together to actually survive. Yeah, 100%. And, 100%. That's a great analogy. Yeah, like I use A-teams because I'm a kid of the 80s, use D&D. &D. Um, uh, but then the comic books, you know, the the, the Avengers or the Justice League or, or X-Men coming together for a specific purpose. And of course, you know, in that group, there's personality clashes and how do we work together and a learning curve and, and character growth that happens along the way that I'm, I'm just a sucker for because it happens in real life too. So, so here we are where, okay, what's new? Well, season two, um, that dropped, uh, two episodes. It comes out, uh, and now they, their first week, they dropped two episodes. And now from here on out for months on end, they're going to drop one episode every Wednesday. Uh, as we get in, even into March, we're even going to overlap with Mandalorian season three and bad batch kind of drop it on the same day, which is kind of, kind of fun. That'll be an exciting uh, few weeks. Yeah. And, and so my pattern is like they, you know, it, it drops on, on Tuesday night at midnight West coast. Uh, so I'm not staying up to three o'clock in the morning, um, on Tuesday nights to watch the episode, but I'll wake up super early on Wednesday morning, then the rest of my family and get a cup of coffee and, and watch, um, before everybody gets up so I can be on the internet that, that day and, and talk about it with friends later on. But, but yes, yeah, so that's a kind of fun Wednesday morning now back to uh, watching the episodes and, and seeing what's going on and, and kind of the adventure of, of the week. And, and we're coming off where we are coming off um, a pretty serious, uh, slower plotting plotline with Andor that didn't have a lot of adventure. There's very much character, and dialogue driven um and the critics of that was like no no it's uh, it too serious or there's not enough action there, there's parts along the way i happen to really love andor once i kind of settled in to know what it is a little bit darker tone and so we're coming from that right into bad batch man bad batch season two 
opening scene is them running from these giant crabs on a beach and it's like lasers flying and they're yelling at each other. I'm like, whoa, okay, we're going to the action right away. So it definitely, again, different tone. It's animated. It's it's not as for the grown-ups. It was definitely for for a younger audience, but all, I think I'll make the case that it's, it's for all audiences, but it is, it's more palatable to, to a younger audience and those who really grew up on the animated shows and the cartoons um, than say something like Andor. So it, it kind of jumped right into the action and the animated style with episode one of, of season two. Um, yeah. And, and I also say that, um, you know, if you want to get some of the plot line a little bit, uh, Josh, what, what I know that you're, you still have some catch up to do a little bit of, of this, but it seems like it's going to be um, the, the adventure of the week. I know there's some people who love the, those legacy characters and finding something we know or make a connection or a Jedi under every rock and like well, who's, it, who's related to who is, is Omega Force sensitive. Da, da, da. But I really think they're leaning into kind of like the Clone Wars. There's, there's big continuity. Um, plot lines to follow but but man i just settle into like hey it's the adventure of the week there's a heist there they need to figure out a problem and solve it by the end and yeah there'll be some lingering things they have to solve later on but but it's more episodic and you can sit with each episode and and stand on its own yeah i think well i think it'll be nice nice change of pace as you said to kind of get to sit with just episode of the week stuff for a bit and i mean we all know they're going to ramp up and by the end of the season there'll be some whole overarching thing that's i mean that's the way of it anymore but it's uh, it's it'll be a nice um, kind of return to form from the original Clone Wars, where for at least a few se- a few seasons in the beginning and middle, it was very much as you said episodic. There was he wrote here's today's problem, how are they going to solve it? And then mm-hmm. it usually gets resolved in one or two episodes. Every once in a while, there's like a three or four episode arc, right? But. Yeah, and I th- I think that's what we're getting into, and and it, you know there's so much content and there's so much diversity within tones and flavors of of these geeky IPs that you know for, for me I know with Rings of Power I know with Andor I know with She Hulk and others I, I've loved them all, but maybe it, it took me a, a couple episodes to really figure out what the tone is and what they're trying to accomplish without bringing all my geeky baggage to the table that gets in the way, and so I'm I'm trying to remain open and, and positive with this. I think it w- it was a different tone than Andor and other things, but, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there for the adventure and man, the animation style is absolutely gorgeous. Um, they, they, they're just, um, again, continue to just, um, you know, blow me away with the animation style and the detail that goes along with it. It is an absolutely gorgeous show. Yeah. And it, it's very impressive what they managed to do, even with like the, the animated style of it. Like I said, like I said earlier, I haven't seen all of the first two episodes of the new season, but I have seen a bit of it. And one of the things I saw that got pointed out was when they go into um, one of the buildings, there's an arcade machine sitting in the corner that has uh, in its design has a a stormtrooper helmet, specifically (laughs) like the the second tier of stormtrooper helmet. Yeah. So it it also it's just a little detail to show, hey, look, time has passed. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, and and I and I think like these these episodes is the adventure. They're trying to figure out. They're still on the same adventure of like how do we we're gonna make our way in this universe by being like pirates and and scoundrels. Almost like a Han Solo. We gotta steal this to to make it the world or pay off our debt and avoid the empire. But but really, they go um, in these episodes. They they go to Count Dooku's home home planet 
and his old castle, and they're going to go get his treasure. And so again, they're going and looking through Omega's eyes, and then the the Bad Batch's eyes, and then the people that live on the planet. They they really do kind of peel back a little bit and say, "All right, what are we going to stand for? Are we just going to be thieves and pirates, or there are people that are in the way that are being harmed by by what's being done by the Empire?" And and it's not just about getting treasure and the loot of the week, um, but but yeah, there, there's something else going on that's going to affect a lot of people. And so what are we going to stand for? Um, and I thought I did a nice job of, of lifting those up um, within these first two episodes. Yeah, I even and I heard that there was uh, some actual pirates that showed up. And that gives me a lot of hope that Hondo's coming back. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the best characters in, in Clone Wars. <laughs> Star Wars' very own Jack Sparrow. He's mm-hmm. Just a lovable pirate. <laughs> um, yeah, so how the, all that tends, we'll see what's going on. The first two episodes, I thought, you know, off to a good start. Nice adventure, live action. They they pull in some some legacy characters and names. You go like, oh, I know that reference. I know that name. Um, and 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 where that where that builds to. And then we see Omega's learned some. She's she's grown as a character. She still has more to learn, and I'm I'm there for her along the way. What what are your thoughts on her um, um, laser bow weapon? All right, so they have guns, they have yeah. stuff, and here she has, uh, you know, we we like, you know, whether you're, you're a fan of Hunger Games or not, we know that like adventure heroines <laughs> that have crossbow and, have and bows. that have bow and arrows, she has her own laser laser arrow, and we we've seen Chewie with like a crossbow laser uh, gun, like that's what he carries around, but she has literally, you pull the string back and boom, and throw a, a laser at somebody. What what do you think of this weapon? It's the first time we've kind of seen it in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Well, it isn't. That's the best thing. Uh, what? It's uh, in, it's in Clone Wars. Okay. Um, it, do you remember? Uh, have you seen all Clone Wars? Most of yeah. it. Most so, of it. Yeah. So, do you remember the Knight Sisters? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Knight Sisters had those bows. They had a, okay. they had a whole bunch of them, and that's that was their main offensive weapon when they weren't doing their their magic. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm interested to see. I I don't remember how she picked it up in the series, um, but I'm interested to see how it got to her in the end from from the night sisters to her yeah yeah it's it's cool i i, I like that i was that's you know, a cool weapon again yeah. i'm a, a kid of the the 80s and one of my favorite cartoons growing up on saturday mornings was the old D 80s cartoon and and yep. hank hank the ranger had the coolest weapon out of all of them he, he didn't need any bow he didn't know he didn't need any arrows he had that bow um he had the magical energy bow that he just pulled the string and boom it threw a fireball at wherever it was going out and it was kind of an endless amount of, of that so it kind of reminded me of that so i'm like oh cool that's really cool um it's a weapon that i I really like and to see her get proficient with that. You know, she she has the genetic makeup of of a of a clone trooper, and you know, and so yeah, she can be badass when when she wants to be, and her growing into that with through the eyes of a child and compassion. We'll we'll see where that goes. Now, there's another issue. There's geek chatter out there. Believe it or not, especially around Star Wars fandom, there's the 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 tension where the Bad Batch uses stun guns versus real lasers, whereas the other clones are using real lasers. And so there's this conversation about Disney getting soft, using the stun guns too much. We're just stunning people and not killing people, and there's not enough lasers going on. Have you heard, seen some of that chatter? Have you noticed that? They are using, especially in these first two episodes of, of season two, there's a lot of stun gunning around. Josh, do you have an opinion or thought or heard anything about that? Well, you have to think about th- these clone troopers specifically. The, I mean, A, yes, you want them to be the protagonists and you want the uh, stormtroopers to be the antagonists. So, of course, you have them use the more brutal means so they look better. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, um, if you think about think about it from the Bad Batch's perspective, 
um, they know that a lot of the people they're fighting are also clones. Mm-hmm. You know, they're their brothers, effectively. Uh, and they know that they're not in control of themselves, that they are, their inhibitor chips are, you know, forcing them into all the, all of this uh, empir- empirical fanaticism and just all of that. So if you think about it from their perspective, it's not they have they're fighting their own brothers who are not under their own control. You think they really want to do lethal damage to them or do they want to just knock them out and hope that hope hope against hope that something will fix them? <laughs> right. Right. And that's the conversation. Like I, I definitely I hear, you know, in terms of toxic fandom, like, oh, Disney's going soft and they're just using you know, stun guns for this, but then, you know, you excavate, go a little deeper and you, it makes you think about you know, the weapons we use, just war, the, the rep weapons we use in war. Yeah. These are guys who are literally fighting against their own brothers and maybe they don't want to kill them. They want to stun them. They, they know that they're being, you know, they've been manipulated into being in this war. And so they don't necessarily want to kill them. the other clones who are shooting laser at them. They don't care. They just want to take them out. Um, so, so there was that, and there was this, there was, there was a lot of use of the stun guns in, in episode one and two of season two and, and so much noticeable. It almost got on my nerves a little bit, even though I knew what was going on because then eventually, you know, Wrecker gets this like cannon laser thing and starts blowing up like ships out of the sky. And I'm like, wait a minute, where's the stun there? There's inconsistency there. Um, but I understand that like, look, we're, we're going to try to like tiptoe around our our own brothers our own clones but then you get to the end and you partner say well this is a really kid show they're softening up for 10 11 year olds or whatever but then at the end of season this is a little bit of a season little little bit of a um little bit of a spoiler but in terms of the end of episode two they um they like um you know one of the imperial <laughs> uh leaders like literally just shoot someone and you see them fall to their death, um, taking them out because uh, they didn't want the empire to find out that these bad batches are around anymore. So you get one of the clones who's like, I'm not willing to break the law or lie on a, uh, on a report to the empire. He goes, Oh, you're not. Then he just shoots him and he falls off the building. I was like, Ooh, that was hard. That was dark um, for, for anyone to see. Um, so it's not like that Disney's going soft, but there's definitely like a different way of using weapons here that I think uh, I'd be interested to see if they ever have a conversation about that. They haven't yet. I think it would have been helpful if they had been like, you know, they haven't even lifted up. These are our brothers and we're not going to kill them. Uh, would have been, would have helped that a little bit. Um, but yeah, a, a, a nice throwaway line like that. Like, you know, we don't want to hurt our brothers, but I, I, I think, I think they kind of went into that enough in season one with their like escape uh, during Order 66 and all that, where they kind of decided like, OK, well, we're not joining them, but we don't have to like massacre them on the way out. Yeah. So I, I, I think I think it's fine where it is. But, you know, like I said, I haven't fully seen them. Maybe maybe when I watch it, I'll go, man, that is a lot of stun gunnery. <laughs> um, it, that chatters out there, but it's always interesting to see what Star Wars, the, the fans and then those who if it doesn't hit in the right way, um, what they'll complain about. But but all in all, um, I thought the first two episodes were, were great. Great adventures. I can't wait. It's going to be a long season. So where where it takes us into like this transition from from clones to stormtroopers or the the body of the rebellion into uh, the empire, um, yeah, they can fill in that gap, and I'm excited to see see where it goes. 
Okay, so we're going to trade like a little bit of a change of term. We don't have much else uh, what's new, but man, there's a lot of new content that's coming out this upcoming year. And uh, whether yes, it's TV is. shows, comic book crossovers, um, video games, uh, just just movies in, in general. Um, and so I'm, I'm pretty excited. What a good time it is to be uh, a geek. So I'm going to run down. And I'll list. throw it out there. Yeah. There's magic. There's a Magic the Gathering stuff releasing this year that's going to be great, too. Yeah. Cross, crossovers with Doctor Who, with Lord of the Rings and you know there's always new sets to be had so yeah i'm excited for this year on both levels yeah yeah what a good time it is to be a geek so i'm gonna run through josh kind of um month by month some some things i'm gonna highlight if i miss anything let me know i'm gonna be really really quick with this but here's what's just coming up just with i'm not even talking about like tv and streaming and that kind of stuff but here's just the movies each month that are coming out for, for people to geek out on so in january we have another ultraman movie that's dropping uh, I don't know what platform, but it's going to be out there. In February, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. They just dropped a new Looks trailer so for good. that. Looks so good. In March, we have Shazam, John Wick 4, and the Dungeons & Dragons live-action movie. In April, Evil Dead Rise. That trailer looked creepy as all get out. Not a big, huge horror or Evil Dead fan, but man, if you're a fan of that, I can imagine you're like, oh my gosh, they're actually doing this. In May, Guardians 3 and Little Mermaid, live-action Little Mermaid. June. This is just what's coming out in June. Spider-Man across um, across the Spider-Verse, Transformers, oh, Flash, yes. and Indiana Jones. So five huge movies there. I'm sure I'm missing some. Um, then in, in July, you have the Marvels. In August, I know this probably for the fandom out there, maybe this is not on your radar, but possibly as someone who surfs and loves the ocean and o oceanography, uh, in August, Meg 2. The Trench. Yeah, folks, we're getting a second Meg movie. Yep, it's happening. Uh, also in August, looks like we're getting Blue Beetle. Uh, November, Dune Part 2 and a Hunger Games prequel. And then December, uh, Wonka, uh, Ghostbusters, and Aquaman. So, man, there's just so much there. Josh, out of that lit quick list, and there's more, I'm sure I missed some. Uh, what, are, what are a couple of those that you're like, I can't believe we're getting this. I can't wait for it. I mean, I mean, Dune too. I mean, I loved the first Dune movie. I loved, I loved seeing. Um, I, I can't think of his name, but the I, the the guy who played the the father uh, in in Dune, who was also in Star Wars as uh, in the new trilogy. Oh I can't gosh. think of the guy's name. Oh my gosh! It's yeah, he was. Now. He he was in. He was he was Moon Knight, right? Oscar Isaac. Oscar yeah. Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I so yeah, I love that depiction. I loved, I loved that depiction of Dune. I'm excited to see the second part. Uh, Ant-Man quantum mania looks super fun. It looks mm -hmm. like, I think one of the better, the, like the best Marvel movies that has been around in a bit. Let's hope that I'm not wrong. I don't like to set high expectations like that, but I already have. So I'll embrace it. Um, the Dungeons and Dragons movie looks really, really fun. Um, <laughs> And I hope that um, kind of the uh, the issues that are happening right now in, in Dungeons and Dragons because of certain uh, company wide decisions that are being made at the moment by Wizards of the Coast. Uh, hopefully those get resolved before then and it doesn't uh, end poorly. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even know that was going on. You see, so they're underneath the service. There's some tension out there, huh? Yes, they uh, they changed how they license things with the open gaming license. And the community is in an uproar, to say the least. Uh, wow. So it's not just in, in churches where you make changes or things happen and people start uproaring and things like that? Is that weird? No, it's pretty common. <laughs> and especially when you're like, 
especially when you do what, what the wizards did and said, hey, we're just going to make it so that anybody else who's making content uh, using Dungeons & Dragons stuff, which we previously had a whole system so that people could do that, uh, we're just going to rip the rug out from under them and mm. uh, just say that, yeah, now we own your content if you do that. <laughs> yeah, it seems when you make blanket changes and pull the rug out from people without doing communication and connecting with your fan base, that, that's usually a recipe for for, for bad things. So that, that happens yes. within institutions and, and churches and communities all the time. I think humans is, is hard as hard. We're pretty hard headed and not learn lessons from, from those things. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I've dabbled a little bit in Dungeons and Dragons and I, I like Chris Pine and I've seen the preview and I'm wondering, oh, it looks how, like a really fun movie. It looks like a fun movie. I, I don't know if the purists out of Dungeons and Dragons, how they feel uh, about it and what the, you know, the tone of it is, but I, I'm going to be there and I can't wait to see it. And I'll, I'll listen to others who are more knowledgeable than me in Dungeons and Dragons to let me know whether Oh yeah! When I saw the trailer, I thought I thought they got the like the tone pretty good for a lot of campaigns. Like every everybody plays Dungeons and Dragons differently, but a very common way is kind of the fantasy hijinks kind of stuff. So I think I think they're going to do well with that. Nice. Uh, But it was it was very funny watching that trailer and everyone's different reactions to um, (laughs) the the one character who turned into an owlbear and how the three levels of things to her character that everyone's like well if they meant this then they did it wrong if they meant this then they did it right but the most obvious thing seems like they did it wrong <laughs> oh man oh boy i'm just gonna pull up some popcorn and listen to that chatter see what happens oh it's, it's quite great but yeah uh, talking about other things that i'm i'm sure. excited for uh for this coming year i mean looking at the so you you ran through the movie list mm-hmm. but just the here's just the list of the marvel shows that are coming out oh yeah uh, we have Moon Gr- Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur mm-hmm. coming out in February. Uh, we have, of course, What If Season 2. Mm-hmm. Very, very excited for that. What If Season 1 was great. Uh, Secret Invasion. Echo is getting her own show. Loki's Loki's getting Season 2. Mm. Ironheart's getting her own show. X-Men 97 what? Uh, is coming out in the fall. Mm-hmm. And Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Apparently... Agatha from uh, Agatha Harkness is getting her own show, which I was not aware of until I read this list. <laughs> I have heard rumblings about that, I'm and back. I can't wait for her to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, I listen to the movies. You live to the Marvel shows are streaming, and then you have the whole Star Wars content. There's no like big Star Wars blockbuster movie coming out, but we got we're into Bad Batch now. We're going to get Mando season three. Uh, another season of visions uh, i love the first season of this kind of nice. anime matchup with uh with star wars um we get ahsoka and then another i don't know if it's animated or i think it's live action but another called skeleton crew um and so yeah the star wars content is going to be awesome too so um and i'm sure it'll be all over the board there'll be all kind of reactions from fans whether they like it or don't like it or whether they had the tone right or wrong but but again i'm 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 there for it uh, i think what i'm really looking forward to like i i'm really i'm kind of um back and forth and iffy on on phase 4 with with the mcu like i like the movies I like the stuff i like what they've done but but it didn't quite hit me as great as as how they stuck the landing with with Endgame. so I go back yeah. and forth. So now that we're starting a news phase, phase five with Ant-Man and the yeah. Wasp. And Let's have hope for phase five. <laughs> one of my favorite villains of all time, Kang. You know, you have the top three Avenger villains of all time. And you got Thanos 
um, Ultron and, and Kang are, are always up there. And we've done Thanos and Ultron. Let's see what happens with Kang and playing around with the multiverse and time and, and different variants and stuff. I'm I'm there for it. So I, I, I really can't wait for that movie to see what that launches into. And um, I, I can't wait for Guardians 3. And then I will also say I like the first part of, of Dune. I knew it was going to have a part two. It was going to be a two-parter. So I know when, when the first one ended, I was like, yeah, we got more. More story. I mean, even the original Dune was it was a like an overarching series of novels. Exactly. So they were never going to be able to do that in one in one movie. They, you can't really make a f- one full novel in one movie usually without cutting a lot of material. Yeah. Um. So so November. Um. Look at all the way towards the end of the year in November. Dune Part One would be a great Thanksgiving. Get ready for the end of the year movie. So yeah, I and a lot of good stuff. And and I would just say like, man. Again, what a great time to be a geek. We we should just be so thankful all this stuff is coming. And it doesn't mean that we don't can't look at it with a critical eye. We can't say that some things we like or or don't like and and we can we can definitely be critical to it. We can we can share openly, be authentic about what we like and what we don't like. But but again, I think also with the posture of of being a good steward of our expectations and and being grateful and, and to go in with a, a posture of having fun. And what we like to do at Systematic Ecology is create a different kind of posture that not create toxicity or or to geek shame anybody but to be here to listen to the conversations and model uh, what it means when we disagree about things or whether we like things or not like things whether it's our cup of tea or not um just to kind of a big umbrella a big table uh to gather around and be friends and talk about what we geek out on and 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 what we're moved by and inspired by so that's kind of our posture and that's what we want to do and as we set up this new year and talk about what's new and a long list of things that we can't wait to geek out on um it's going to be a fun year. It is. And, and like I said earlier, it's also a good year for, uh, for magic, the gathering players. We, of course we had Dominaria remastered, uh, comes out in three days. So it's already been doing pre-release stuff. And, and as a lot of people have seen, of course, wizards made a little bit of an oopsie and they printed the next set and put it in this set. <laughs> and that was a, a, a funny goof. And yeah. Oopsies. And of course, that's coming out in February. Phyrexia all will be one. We're really in the magic storyline. We're leading to the culmination of the Phyrexian story. And we're going to get to kind of this uh, another multiversal event where everything's uh, we're going to see if. Oh, no. If, if the Phyrexians win, <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> of course, the villains won't win. But yeah. We're going to have to see uh, a lot of characters have been taken down. It looks like they're looking to restructure the Gatewatch and just the general order of magic. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. And then we, get, we go from that to March of the Machine and March of the Machine, the aftermath. We get they also are remastering Shadows of Innistrad this year, which I didn't know was a thing they were doing. But most excitingly for me, we have both Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle Earth, an entire mm. Magic the Gathering set of Lord of the Rings cards, including cool. Commander decks. Mm-hmm. And then Doctor Who is getting their Commander decks as well in quarter in quarter four. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Oh, all the avenues. Like I tend to lean into the the shows and the comics, but yeah, there's so much stuff out there people geek out on that, you know, whether it's video games and, and cards and board games and those kind of things. There's just there's no shortage. And so, man, have fun. Have fun. Let's let's do it. Maybe we'll create our own systematic ecology board game at some point. Wouldn't that be cool? It'd be interesting. Yeah. I'd go with a card game, but that's me. <laughs> yeah, let's do a card game. Let's let's do that. Let's do let's kickstart that later on. Goals for twenty twenty seven. That's what we'll do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> cool, y'all. Well, thanks for listening. Uh we'll move into the recommendations. Uh uh, Josh, we kind of touched about what we're geeking out on and what we're um 
you know, excited for the new year, but any other recommendations you want to make for our, our friends out there who are listening? I mean, I definitely, I have I haven't even read it yet, but I will definitely say to sleep in a sea of stars. It it's I'm so I'm super hyped for it. And I'll say I'll also recommend the the other book that I got while I was there, uh, which is really a recommendation through me from TJ, which is of course uh, Stormlight Archives Book One from Brandon Sanderson. Nice, uh, The Way of Kings. Cool, cool. I haven't told TJ I got that yet. We'll see if he listens to this and texts me or if I uh, tell him next time I'm on an episode with him. <laughs> there you go. Discord it. Um, yeah, my, my recommendations, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Another podcast I really like and listen to is Rebel Force Radio. It's my, my favorite Star Wars podcast. I listen to them whenever they put out stuff. And, and they have weekly shows like live reaction shows after kind of big um, episodic TV happens. They don't do it for everything, but they did it for Andor and, and they're doing it for Bad Batch as well. So it's going to be a long season. So after each episode, they'll that evening uh, will go live and have a YouTube channel and they'll talk about it and have Colin and people will talk about their theories. And, and those guys really keep it positive. They're not without their criticisms of, of how, characters are, are handled or written or what Disney's doing with the franchise. But, but that for the most time they have a posture of, of positivity and, and building up the star Wars community and, and they don't have a lot of clickbait. So I really love those guys. So if you want to go deeper into each episode of the bad batch and what's going on in the season, I, I highly recommend uh, rebel force radio and their live shows on, on, on YouTube. And then we're getting ready to do an, an episode on, on Jack Kirby with our kind of a theme of origins this year. So kind of builds into kind of the origins of comics and Marvel comics, Jack, Jack Kirby. And there's a book that uh, it's leading us to our next episode about Kirby, uh, Tom Scioli's graphic novel, Jack Kirby, the Epic Life of the King of Comics. And it's a graphic novel biography of Jack Kirby. And it's so good. Um, it's written in a way that is from, it's not an autobiography or a memoir, but it's written from like Jack Kirby's perspective, sharing with the audience and the reader uh, what his life was like from, from his birth all the way to his death. So um, we'll talk about that more on a episode, future episodes coming up pretty soon. And our other recommendation would be like, we recommend you to go to our website. Uh, Joshua has uh, edited it and put some stuff up there and made it sharp. And then we have a mer merch you can order. Uh, we're also, if you want to sign up for our Discord, there's a lot of conversations going over there. Uh, we have our host section where we talk and, and brainstorm and talk about things. But we also have a whole Patreon section that if you join Patreon, you can join in the conversation, interact with us and ask questions. So there's a lot of movement and conversation over there on Discord. And so so, uh, and Josh, even if you don't want to get in the Patreon, we have a whole public section. You can still come, feel come up, feel free, come on by, join our join our Discord. Its link is, I believe, also on the website. The website, of course, being systematicecology.org. There you go. Uh, connect with us. Uh, we appreciate all of you. There's so much, uh, so many options out there, and you choose to listen to us, and uh, it's not lost on us. And we're thankful for you and all those things we geek out on. Uh, and so, yeah, always remember share the faith, share the gift. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.